Welcome to Dungeon Driver. I'm your host, Trevor Bettis, and this is a show where I drive home from work and talk about Dungeons and Dragons using either a topic that I bring or a question, topic, or answer written in by listeners like you. Hey, what's going on? New week. Uh, we're, we're on the new schedule. I keep saying that, but hey, it's it's new. I almost tried to record an episode this morning, even though this wasn't. doesn't matter. Afternoon. They feel great. I love it. Uh, quick bit of D&D news, uh, D&D related news. If you're addicted to Idle Champions like I am, uh, Rosie B. Stinger and Strix are available right now uh, in their event. So, yeah, uh, you can go get those two awesome characters. And if you don't know who those characters are, I highly recommend you check out either Dice Camera Action, uh, Acquisitions Incorporated C-Team, or just Acquisitions Incorporated in general. Uh, those are some great live play D&D things to watch and, uh, you know, Chris Perkins and Jerry Holkins are good DMs to learn from. But, uh, yeah, I'm addicted to that, so I thought I'd throw that in there because I'm interested in it, so you might be interested in it. And who knows, maybe I'll do more D&D news as it comes out. Maybe I'll let you guys know when uh, there's things on sale and stuff like that. It's not going to be good for, like, future listeners. You'll find that boring. But, you know, current, you, you, you get the lowdown. Anywho, let's, uh, let's hop into the topic today, uh, which I am bringing, and that is how to run pre-written campaigns. Um, I've had this question asked me uh, a couple times now from uh, some of my friends. And so I thought I would do a uh, do two episodes, uh, one on how to run pre-written campaigns. And tomorrow's episode is going to be how to run uh, homebrew games. And the, uh, the, the disclaimer I want to put on the front of this is this is how I run uh, pre-written campaigns. Uh, you may have a system that works better, uh, or you might be looking for ideas of what to do or what to add to what you're already doing. And that's kind of the purpose of this in tomorrow's episode, is to just let you hear some ideas uh, from another DM uh, and see if they uh, they spark your interest. Uh, so, let's see. The, uh, the first thing that I do when I get a pre-written book... Um, also most of the time when I get a pre-written book, I'm already hyped about it. I think the only time that wasn't true was out of the abyss. Uh, I'm not actually hundred percent sure why I bought it because I think I just wanted the demon Lord stats. Probably could have done that cheaper. Anywho, first thing I do when I buy a pre-written book is I sit down with it and I flip through it page after page. I'm not necessarily reading what's on those pages. I'm just thumbing through it, uh, you know, every single page, seeing what's on there, seeing what the format of the book is, seeing where uh, certain things happen, and trying to trying to get an idea of how the book is set up. Um, I talked about in the Tomb of Annihilation one, how the chapters are laid out, and I'm, that's basically what I'm trying to understand, because there is a difference between the way that Curse of Strahd is laid out, the way that Dragon Heist and Tomb of Annihilation, they all have their own flow to them. And so I'm trying to figure that out as I'm flipping through it. Also, I get to look at pretty pictures and D&D stuff. Uh, but uh, the, the next thing that I'll do is, is really, is really kind of weird. And this is probably the one piece that I'm like, if you don't do this, I totally get it. I don't read the book in order. 
like, like I said, I, when, when I get one of these books, I'm probably already hyped on it. So what I do is I go read the thing that I'm hyped about and I start there and then I figure out, and then I just kind of start piecemealing out where I need to read next to understand how to get to there and stuff like that. I know it's really weird. Um, the one time I didn't do this was Dragon Heist because that one really does, uh, the, the beginning of that one is so different from the rest of it that I started there and then jumped around. Um, but with Tomb of Annihilation, like I, uh, I started, uh, in the, you know, in the, it's not really spoilers. I started in the Cholt section and then, uh, went back and forth between the other chapters. Uh, Curse of Strahd, oh my, I, I don't know where I started with that one. And I don't think I ever will because that book is, it's, it's a little crazy. I love that book, but it's a little little hectically set up. Ravenloft is the second chapter. Uh, anyhow, so I'll, I will read it like that. And I'm the, the reason for this is because I'm getting the information that I feel like I need to know to get to that cool thing that I'm hyped about. Um, and instead of just saying I'm reading it in order, uh, I'm, I'm learning about it the way that I want to learn about it. So I guess the, the, you know, piece of advice take away from this part of it is read this book the way that you are going to best uh, retain the information and the the best way that interests you to read this book. If you just want to sit down and read it cover to cover, that's totally cool. That In fact, you should do that. Uh, do I do that? No. Should I? Yes. But um, th- this is how I've been doing it and it's been working out really well. So, you know, why, why mess with it? Probably because there's might be a better way to do it, Trevor. No, nope, nope, nope. Uh, let's see. Okay. Now, the big thing for me with running a pre-written campaign, post-it notes. Post-it notes everywhere. You know, it's seen in uh, Bruce Almighty when he tr- does post-it notes and it just covers everything and himself. That's me prepping for a campaign. Like, I like in Port Nine Zaru... Uh, for Tomb of Annihilation, I just went through and like just wrote quick notes about every section and every one of the uh, the merchant princes and everything, and I stuck it in the book. And the the thing that I love about these is that if I need to, I can pull it out of the book, stick it on my DM screen, and have that at a quick glance. So I don't need to be flipping back and forth between the book where I have the notes and then where the actual information is, um, and. Yeah, it, it, it going through the book and leaving notes for myself is helps me out so much. Uh, I'm running uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage at the bookstore right now, and I'm going room by room and writing down a quick note for me so that I can just look at it real quick, jog my memory of what's going on in it, and then if I need to, I will go look at the bigger description uh, in the book in front of me. Uh, but mostly the books there for like the map, the treasure and the creatures. Uh, cause sometimes in the notes, I don't write down what the creatures is. If that's not the thing that I feel I need to, that I'm going to have the most trouble remembering. Um, so really my advice is fill your book with post-it notes, just all the post-it notes. Um, the other thing that I'm doing as I'm, as I'm going through and doing these notes, um, is 
I'm looking for what I can change or tweak. And this is something I found really important uh, with my campaigns and something that my players really enjoy. I've been doing this since, um, uh, was it horror of the dragon queen, the, the, the rise of Tiamat series, uh, two books. Um, there was one section I really didn't enjoy. I didn't even enjoy reading it. So I didn't run it and I changed it and I did my own thing and my players liked that. So each time I've gone through and been like, okay, do I need to do this? Do I, can I change this? Is this going to hurt the story? Like, uh, some of the things I wrote down is like, uh, can I skip to the cool stuff? Uh, does it matter if I just do something instead of rolling for it? The example I have for that is, uh, in Tomb of Annihilation, there is a, in my opinion, very important and very cool character that your players might not ever meet if you go by how the book has it written because it's supposed to be a random encounter and they have like a 1% chance of meeting them. Uh, and I went, no, I want to use them. They're cool. And I just threw them in like second, uh, uh, second game. They just showed up. Uh, so certain things like that, I, I, I look for and see if it hurts the campaign, if there's a reason why they did that. And if I don't find a reason for that, I think is a big, a big enough problem, I will just change it. And I won't even think twice about it. Um, the, the other thing that I'm looking for is how can I tie my players' stories into this? Now, obviously, to do that, I've already played a few sessions of the game. Because this this post-it note notes thing is an ongoing process. I'm doing this week to week. Um, so I'm looking for things that I can do to, to pull my player's story into what's going on um, and... I'll go into it in another episode, but one of the things that I've started doing is putting player twists in the stories where, like, I have something happen that they didn't know was going on with their player. It, it, it sounds kind of forceful. It makes more sense if I, had, if I took more time to explain it. But basically, I'm looking for something like that that I can, I can pull a twist and have uh, their, uh, their story be part of it uh, in an unexpected way. I guess that's a better way to say it. Um, the, 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 another big thing that I'm looking for is pacing. Pacing is a, in my opinion, a really important thing, uh, in pre-written campaigns because it can get out of hand and it can, it can slunk real hard. Um, was that a word I used? Did I say slump or slunk? I don't, doesn't matter. Uh, it can it can hit this plateau where not a lot of interesting things are happening, and that could either be because of the campaign itself, or your players are in you know if it's a sandboxy thing, your players are just going to places where not a lot of interesting stuffs happening. So um, I'm looking at where those spots could be, and what I could do to either spice them up, make them go quickly, or even skip them all together. But at the same time, I'm also looking for, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the designers thought the pacing would look like. Uh, a good example of this, if you're, if you're running it, is, is uh, Dragon Heist. Uh, I won't go into specifics for spoiler reasons, but um, Chapter 2 doesn't really give you a lot of information. Like It's like, here's a bunch of stuff that could happen, 
and that you might want to do, but it doesn't give you any information as far as how to pace that. Uh, one of the difficulties I've been having is I've continuously been thinking like, okay, um, I try and have some days passed. I have, I've not been able to do that. I've not been able to do that. All, all like I, as soon as I think that I'm like, okay, here's a spot where I can skip over a few days. My player's like, oh, no, 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 we want to go do this the next day. So the, the pacing for my Dragon Heist game is going faster, like in world time than I wanted it to. But otherwise it was going to take forever to get somewhere if I had actually been like, okay, well, this doesn't happen for at least two 10 days. By the way, as an aside, if you don't know what a 10 day is, Dungeons and Dragons weeks are 10 days and they call a week a 10 day. I had to explain that. So I just figured I'd explain it here in case you didn't know. Anywho, uh, so yeah, if I was like, this doesn't happen for two 10 days and my players are literally playing out every single day, that's going to take a really long time. I don't want to spend 20 sessions just on this other stuff. I, I want the story to pick up. I want things to happen. Um, I want my players to be invested and not, you know, uh, not wonder like, okay, what is this camp pre-written campaign even about? Uh, so that's what I'm looking for as I'm doing these notes is trying to figure out how I'm going to pace it versus how they wanted to pace it. And sometimes there isn't a lot of, you know, uh, structure around how to pace it. So I have to figure out for myself how I'm going to do it. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, another thing that I'll do while I'm doing this is writing down ideas of things that could happen, um, of things that aren't in the story that I see the possibility of, but I'm not going to obviously force happen because that, you know, if the players aren't going that way, I'm not going to do it. But I, I just write down little ideas like, hey, it'd be kind of cool if this happened, or maybe this could happen, uh, and so on and so forth like that. Um, now, the last two things... Uh, for my for my little prep talk here is um, I write down a um, a prep post-it where it is a one post-it note that's got all these things uh, for the, the upcoming session that I could see happening and that I would like to happen. Um, obviously, if they're in the middle of something where we pick up, I'm writing down specifics about that. But uh, other than that, it's just kind of, okay, maybe this could happen. Maybe they'll go here, uh, try to do this. Little reminders like that. Um, and then um, I don't do this as often, but ideally I would, and I need to get back on top of it because it really helped me out, is after the game, I would write a post, <laughs> a post post-it uh, that actually said what happened. Um, because the other post-it note, if, you know, if they just go off the rails, then that other post-it note's not reliable to look back on as what happened. Um, and that's going to lead me to my last point, which is what if everything goes wrong? What if all that prep that I did uh, and uh, all that stuff just flies out the window? Um, well, step one, uh, scream internally um, and try not to let the players know uh, and then go with it. Uh, I've had nights where, um, uh, all the stuff that I prepped, uh, flew out the window, didn't happen. Uh, and, but I'll tell you this about nine times out of 10, something cooler, funnier, awesomer happened. 
And so those, in, I, I, I gotta be honest, some of those end up being my favorite sessions because those are more player driven than me setting up in the background, kind of like a reality TV show. It's a lot more interesting when the producer doesn't have uh, a say over what happened. Uh, so if, if you do all this prep and your players don't go for it, don't freak out, Tr- you know, try out the, the improvisation hat and, uh, you know, just go with it and see where your players will take you with it. And remember, even though they missed the first beat, you can try and maneuver that beat somewhere else into what they're doing. Um, like if the, um, you wanted them to go meet with someone and they're like, oh, no, we're going to go do this thing. But in your head, you can reasonably argue well, that person might end up where they're going. Just throw them in there and then boop, there they go. But it's still player driven because the players decided to go do that. But the, the, the NPC that you think they really need to talk to is still there. So if you can work out in your head like that, that's really good. Also, that's improvising. So you're getting a little better at it. So don't freak out at those moments. Think of it just as a, uh, a, uh, what, what am I trying to say here? A, uh, training opportunity that sounds like an office thing it's a good time to try something new there just go with that uh anywho i've been sitting in front of my house for a few minutes now uh and my neighbors are looking at me weird because i'm talking to no one so uh yeah uh, we're gonna end it there uh if you have your own uh tips for how to run a pre-written campaign please write in leave a voice message on anchor and uh, I'll put it on the show and we'll, we'll talk about it. And I, I would actually really love to hear what you guys do to prep for a pre-written campaign. And I think that will also help out a lot of other listeners who are looking for ideas of how to do that. Uh, until then, follow me on Twitter at uh, Dungeon Driver. Write in with question topics or suggestions to DungeonDriverPodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at Dungeon Driver Podcast so you can see me playing Idol Champions far too much. And, uh, yeah, until next time, I don't have a sign-off.